We spend a lot of time indoors. In fact, statistics say we're inside 87% of the day, but getting outside even just for five to 10 minutes has the power to be an almost instant mood booster and offers a whole host of other mental and physical perks. In today's episode, we cover the mental health benefits of the great outdoors, as well as exactly how much time you need to spend outdoors, if one environment is better than another, and also how to bring the outdoors inside so you can reap some of the health perks when you're stuck indoors or if you're not much of a nature person. Let's dive in. So today we are talking about the importance of spending time outside, which I'm finding a little ironic given the fact that it has pretty much been very cold temperatures all across the country. I have some friends from up north that texted me this weekend. It it was in the negatives. And like last week, my friends in Vermont, their school was canceled because it was too cold. So I just think it's kind of funny that now we're going to talk about how it's important oh, to get we outside. We should all get outside. Yeah, exactly. I don't think yesterday we had, we did not get snow but there was potential. We just got really, really cold rain. Like oh, it was gross. All day. Yes. And I don't think, I find it kind of funny that we're doing this episode because I don't think I even stepped outside except maybe to take some recycling to the recycle bin within the covered garage. Yeah. And surely your target run did not count because you just. Uh, that's what I asked you. Or I asked Briley, well, did my target count, run count? Running to Target and getting them to put the groceries in the back of my car. And no. you said no. 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 Well, I also find this episode a little ironic because I wouldn't say getting out in nature, well, I always appreciate it after the fact. It is not necessarily something, one of my favorite pastimes, I would say. Right. Yes. <laughs> that, for sure, I have learned that about you. Meanwhile, me, on the other hand... I'm the one on Saturday morning that's like, okay, family, let's go for a hike. And they all look at me like with great disdain. Yeah. So why are we talking about this at all, especially during the cold months? Well, first of all, a lot of us don't spend much time outside. So according to the a survey from the Environmental Protection Agency, Americans spend 87% of their time indoors. They spend 6% of their time in a vehicle. So if you do some quick math, which I didn't do very quickly, that's just about 7% of our time to potentially be spent outdoors. That's kind of sad. I know. Well, okay, but, okay, we don't, so we, we want to get very little time outside. We want to buck that trend. I need a little more convincing. Why? <laughs> yes. Give me some reasons yes. to get outside, especially when it's 30 degrees. Well, with 30 degrees, let's offer up some... Um, coat and hat and glove recommendations for people but there is there are a ton of health and mental health benefits to spending time outside and you've you've written on the topic far more than I have um, but you do you get just a few minutes every day can give you an almost instant mood boost it can increase your pa- happiness and your overall well-being It has been shown to help reduce anxiety and depression and also your risk for developing a mental health condition. I thought that was interesting. It improves attention and focus, which is particularly helpful for those of us with some ADHD. Yes. Lower stress. Gosh, I love stress. Lowering it, that is. (laughs) 
um, provides a sense of calmness, lowers yeah. your heart rate and your blood pressure, mm-hmm. prevents burnout and increases job satisfaction. I'm going to need a little bit more convincing on that one. And it improves healing and recovery from surgery, which that sounds amazing for anybody yeah. who's in that recovery And phase. I think we were just talking about another study I think we could put in this list. Is it boost your immune function? Yes. Yeah, there was a very recent study that we were looking at that assessed just that. It was a small study, but nevertheless, it found that it, it boosted immunity. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> okay, I'm going to say this list is great. But I don't still don't know how much this would get me outside unless I had actually seen it for myself and felt the difference. Yeah, you're a great case study for this, actually, because because you noticed it in yourself. Yeah. And you were like, whoa, 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 what's happening? So maybe tell people that story if so, they haven't heard it already. I think I we think only talked we, about it once. Yeah, I don't know what episode we shared it earlier, but it was during COVID. And... I started going out to my back patio um, and just working for a couple of hours on my laptop or just going out if I had articles to read, that kind of thing, doing Zooms from out there, mainly just for a change of scenery. You know, you're confined to just a couple of rooms. Um, I'm a single mom, so it's just me and the kids, and it's mainly to escape them and just a change of scenery, to be completely honest. And I... So I started doing that and a little each day and I started to realize I was so much calmer when I came back inside and I had a brighter outlook on things um, just in general and overall. And what I really noticed is those days where I didn't go outside, my mood was, I could tell a difference in my outlook, but I could tell a big difference when it came to like my patients in parenting and the online schooling and that type of thing but I've never had something quite so pronounced I was like oh my gosh this is and this is not just vitamin d that this is what my experience is what made me pitch a story to eating well to write about this topic so I was like there's more to this like I am seeing this I'm a believer now I need to go outside for at least 10 minutes a day um, just to get these mood boosting and just happiness yeah. boost. Well, and and I remember when you first told me about it, I said to you, I was like, well, why? Is it is it the vitamin D? Is it that you're seeing green? Like, do you have to go and, and see specific colors? Or is it experiencing the wind on your face or the sun or what? And... I when you started to explain to me the why of it, I was kind of I was kind of surprised in a good way, but it wasn't. It's not really what she. It's not wasn't as like basic as I thought. It, it's no. a little bit more nuanced. It is not that what you you don't have to do anything different, but like the why is a little bit more nuanced. It's it's cool, right? It's very cool, and it has for you know a lot of people like to say, oh, I'm gonna go out and get some vitamin D, and that's gonna make me feel better. I, and I think you and I both kind of agree on this, for these instant kind of mood boosting, like the feeling that I was getting each day when I was going outside and then coming back into parent or work or cook dinner, um, you, I don't really feel like you can credit that to vitamin, vitamin D. D. Because, 
being outside or being in sunlight just stimulates the body to make some. And it's not that quick to make vitamin D. Plus, we've got um, so many, I mean, I pretty, think pretty much every piece of makeup that I own or moisturizer has SPF in it. Yes. Yes. Good point. Yeah. So, you know, and the rays that your body needs to make vitamin D can't get through. So I really don't think we can write off these benefits to vitamin D. There's more going on. And that's really what intrigued me. So let's tell them what we're going to cover real quickly in this episode. Yes. And we're going to share. So we're going to um, explain a few reasons why, where these benefits come, come from, what triggers these benefits. Just being outside, even if it's not like a super sunny day, even if it's overcast, just being outside, why you get these benefits. And again, probably not the vitamin D, it's other stuff. Um, exactly how many minutes you need a week to reap these benefits and i love something like this oh yes i know i've already broken it down to exactly how many it's per day so it came down to 17 just fy but we'll get to (laughs) (laughs) um we'll talk about outdoor settings like do you need to be in a green space like where there's a lot of grass and trees or do you need to be in a blue space that's kind of a newer term like where you see water or an urban space so we'll We'll talk about um, if there's any difference. Um, and then we will talk about a few ways where, since it is really cold outside, how you can get some of these outdoor benefits artificially or get them by, by staying indoors and doing certain things. Right. Yes. Which, especially this time of year, is really valuable. Yeah. And also, if you live in an in a really urban setting, you might want to infuse some of these just into your indoor life because your outdoor experience is not going to be the same. Yeah. There is one of these indoor things that I have started doing, and it just it makes a huge difference. So, Okay. Let's dive in to why being outdoors triggers these why benefits. Why is it making me so happy and calm and it makes me be a better parent? Why is this, Briarly? <laughs> well, one of the main reasons is that it helps regulate circadian rhythms. Now, we've talked a little bit about circadian rhythms before, but as always, it's important to refresh everybody's memory. I often sometimes need to refresh my memory. You say circadian rhythm. I know what you're talking about, but then when I have to break it down on the podcast, I I need a refresher. So basically there's research that shows, and jump in here at any point, Carolyn, there's research that shows that there is an association between disrupted circadian rhythms and mental health conditions and mood disorders, right? So your depression, your anxiety, etc. Your circadian rhythms are kind of like your body's 24-hour clock and schedule and it it has things timed through a 24-hour period for things to occur at a certain time so that they and it's designed in theory um, before it gets dysregulated, where things occur at optimal times so for max efficiency. For example, your melatonin stays very low during the day, but then production peaks at night with the dark hours so that you naturally get sleepy. That's how it's supposed to work. So this clock, this internal clock that we don't even know is going on is controlling um, the brain and, and precisely how 
just kind of the timing of everything in the body. Right, which it helps regulate your sleep. So mm-hmm. that's that is a big part of why we fall asleep when we do and wake up when we do. Yeah. And it's largely influenced by light and dark. Our exposure exactly. to light and then dark. Yes. It I mean we talk a lot of I, I should say we hear a lot, we read a lot of articles about how blue light can um, impact our sleep, and that is because that is tied to circadian rhythm. So I think most listeners are probably familiar with it in that regard. But also circadian rhythms play a role in our cortisol secretions. Right. Kind of the main two hormones involved in your circadian rhythms are melatonin and cortisol. And cortisol is that one that's associated with stress that we often associate with belly fat when it goes up when you have ongoing stress. Um, And what they found is that mood disorders, things like anxiety, depression, that kind of thing, are usually associated with someone who has a disrupted circadian clock. Um, So, And it usually affects their sleep and their cortisol secretion, which if your sleep's disrupted, likely there's going on... There's something going on with your melatonin. So these they have disruptions in their melatonin and their cortisol secretion. The timing of that is off and it's disrupted. So the other thing, too, is that sometimes, you know, our lifestyle impacts our circadian rhythm. So think about jet lag or night shift work or, again, going back to exposure to artificial light at night, which includes, you know, TV, laptop, cell phone, you know, even just having all of your lights on in your house. Yeah. And those things can disrupt your circadian rhythm. Clearly, I think like jet lag and night shift work is a great, is a great like representation of how it can totally throw your circadian rhythm off. But also what's interesting slash kind of sad to think about is that those disruptions can actually exacerbate symptoms of mood disorders. Okay, so how does going outside help regulate our circadian rhythms? Because that's where we're really getting to with all this, is that spending some time outside, even just, you know, 10 minutes, helps to regulate that clock. And my understanding has a lot to do with just the sunlight exposure, even if it's not really a sunny day. Yeah. That just that natural light, particularly if you can go out in the morning hours when it comes to regulating the melatonin, getting that natural light in the morning prevents the melatonin from going, from increasing earlier in the day and, you know, pushes it off, um, that increase off until closer to night, closer to bedtime. Yeah, it's it's that going outdoors is really just saying to your body, hey, it is daytime. Yeah. Well, and the other thing is going outdoors, and we're going to talk about this in a second, or we may just jump into this next, is going outdoors is associated with cortisol reductions in your body. And like within 20 to 30 minutes, your cortisol level that is elevated because of stress goes down. Which is huge. Fantastic. So it going outside, just a little bit of sun exposure helps regulate that melatonin and that cortisol and those are the two key hormones in involved in your circadian rhythms my dad um you know he when i was going through my divorce he talked to me about like what he was going through when he went through his divorce uh, with my mom and one of the things he said is that he used to always take a break at lunch and he would go for a walk outside and 
at that stage of life for me, I was like, oh, yeah, like getting out there and getting some exercise and like burning off some steam. But really, he would just go out and just walk. And that was his time where he let his brain just go where it needed to go. And then he would be able to come back down and sit down and, you know, focus more on work. And now that I'm starting to learn more about this, I'm like, gosh, I'm like, if this was just getting outside, it was taking a break. It was hopefully like just a, like lessening the cortisol and boosting the serotonin yeah. and reminding yourself of like just getting that like the value of being outdoors. Yeah, and it, it's not even I think it's more just being outside where you get the benefit, not even necessarily the activity. Yes. You, you don't have to be doing anything. You know, during COVID when I started going outside some and noticing the benefits, I was sitting there most of the time working on my laptop. Yeah. Yeah. And we're going to talk to you about some other um, benefits of being outside without being overly active in a little bit. Yeah, I'm kind of intrigued to hear about this. So let's jump on into the cortisol. Um, going outside lowers cortisol within a few minutes. And there is a the greatest impact, the most significant um, decrease in cortisol comes when you spend 20 to 30 minutes outside. But even some, even 10 minutes outside, lowers the cortisol in your blood. That's crazy to me. I mean, that's not a lot. That's yeah. really not. And I would say because of COVID, a lot of places have really, as in like coffee shops, restaurants, et cetera, have really worked to develop more of an outdoor space. Oh, yeah. So even, you know, I always enjoy like just grabbing my laptop and going and sitting outside at a coffee shop, obviously when the weather's a little different than it is right now. But, I mean, the, especially if you need to just get out of your own backyard. Yeah. Yeah, um, it is because green space or exposure to, to nature triggers your parasympathetic nervous system. And this does the opposite of your sympathetic, which the sympathetic is what gets you all hyped up and wound up and that kind of thing. The parasympathetic does the opposite. It relaxes you. It undoes the effects of stress that are caused by the sympathetic and the result is a sense of calmness. And they um, studies show that your heart rate decreases and your blood pressure decreases. I mean, those are great even if you have good blood pressure. Yeah, I'm really sitting here feeling like we should be recording, recording this, this outside. outside. Les, can you get us set up with an outdoor situation? And with some of those tall heaters, like propane heaters? Right. Yeah, we're going to need a couple of those. Well, he gave us the thumbs up, so I'm okay. guessing that's in his okay. budget. Yeah. Okay, so um, where do you want to go next? What do you want to talk about? The other, what else? Let's talk about the benefits. Boosting serotonin and slowing rumination. I love that term. Me too. I actually didn't know what rumination was. Don't laugh at me. Aside from a ruminant animal like a cow, because when I lived in Vermont, there were a lot of cows, so I learned a lot about dairy. What's rum? What's a ruminant animal? Like when they when they um. They like chew their their cud, their the grass like over and over. They're and, ruminating over it. Well, they have like multiple um, stomachs. Oh yeah, forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyway, anyway. So, but <laughs> I did not really understand what rumination was, or I didn't even know what it was until I was actually experiencing it with some of my anxiety. Well, once I heard the definition, I was like, "Oh yeah, right." It's like a light bulb moment. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so rumination is basically where people who have depression or anxiety or both. Do that replay of negative instances over and over again. And Conversations and, yeah. Exactly. Or like, let me go down this rabbit hole or let me play out this what-if scenario. Um, 
And it really can worsen your symptoms. It can worsen your overall mental wellness. And it can make it harder to recover from whatever um, very acute situation you're in. I remember I have a friend who did a fair amount of studying of um, cognitive behavioral therapy. And she and I, this is something we probably should look into at some point, but where she was saying, you know, what you really need to do is is try and pull yourself out of it and re- and because you can create new neural pathways so that you can teach your brain to go kind of down like another storyline. Oh. But anyway, if you don't know what rumination is, hopefully that definition gave you a little bit of a light bulb moment like, oh, yeah. Yeah. So Been you, there. You just done that. replay negative things or experiences or situations or things you, you know, wished you'd said differently or didn't say. Yeah. I would say almost everybody's got to have some of that at times. Um, So going outside boosts serotonin and slows that rumination, which is kind of cool. It's great. Which also, when you say rumination, it reminds me of a story or a study rather that I read recently. It was about forest bathing. Please do tell. Okay, so (laughs) I have no no clue what forest bathing is. Forest bathing is this new trend. Um, just in the last couple of years, it seems to have cropped up. There are folks who can lead you on forest bathing tours in different parts of the country. No, you get to keep your clothes on, actually. (laughs) And you don't actually have to get wet either. Okay. So the forest bathing is really about going out into nature. And it doesn't have to be like a deeply wooded forest either. But it's going out into nature and just... For lack of a better word, bathing yourself figuratively, not literally, in nature, in the sounds and the smell. And like you take like a slow walk through the woods or you go to somewhere pretty and you sit down and you just view it and take it in. It's it's almost like a meditative type I was about to say, this action. sounds like me trying to do meditation and... Yeah, this is not I, – I'm I I would love to go forest bathing with you and just video you, which would <laughs> completely delete the benefits for me, but it would be highly entertaining for me to oh, witness you forest bathing. I'd be like, am I doing bathing. this right? Am I, do, am I looking at that stick right? <laughs> Are there ticks on me? <laughs> How much longer do I have to look at this blade of grass to get the benefits? That's, this is what would can be Can I just lay down head. and, you know, literally bathe in the forest right. and we can be done? <laughs> if I roll around in the grass, does that count? <laughs> okay, I will be on the lookout for this trend. Yeah, but anyway, it really it has been shown to help reduce rumination apparently. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, keep an eye out on forest bathing. Fascinating. All right, what are some of the other reasons why spending time outside is so fantastic okay. for you? Okay. This is another one I have definitely seen in myself. One reason why you get some of these benefits is going outside calms and focuses your overstimulated brain. Um, we've already talked about the parasympathetic nervous system kicks in, which it helps relax you. But um, this is particularly true for the brain. Our work environments, our home environments, our school environments, there is so much going on. There's so much that we are, you know, just sensory input. Um, And it really affects the brain's ability to filter what's important, what stimulus or stimuli are important and what aren't. 
Um, and so what happens then is we have trouble focusing or we have trouble focusing on what's really important or we have trouble remembering things. Um, you know, and our technology usage has got to make our already distracted environments even oh, worse. Gosh. Yes. Yeah. Um, so spending out t- outside um, in nature, in a green space, just outside – um, and working on tasks appears to help um, improve your ability to concentrate and focus. Um, it also improves your working memory. But I've kind of found this too sometimes when I'm trying to write and I'm just stuck. And it's just I'm writing this one sentence over and over again. Like I've learned if I just take a break. But if I go take a break and go outside or just to change a scenery outside somewhere and come back, it's kind of like, okay, it's clear. Like, yeah, you yeah, know, it gives clearer. you that little reset where you mm-hmm. can then come back and sit down. And, and I've tried to do that when I've been in the same position by going and changing, changing a like load of laundry over or, you know, prepping out my lunch and sitting down and eating my lunch. And it's actually it's really just not the same. No, it isn't. It isn't. Um, and, you know, I, I knew it helped me. It kind of cleared my brain, but I never thought about it from this perspective that it's calming my brain. An overstimulated brain. It's calming it. One article even called being outside um, or being exposed to nature, nature experiences, as a bomb for your overstimulated brain. Oh, yes. please bomb my overstimulated brain <laughs> every day. <laughs> okay. Um, and then, you know, one thing I did want to bring up is you mentioned how it can reduce risk of developing mental health conditions, mental health um, things that can impact your mental wellness. And there was one study that I just felt was important to bring up. It was done in Denmark. And they assessed people's um, kids' exposure to green space from birth to age 10. Um, and then they compared that to longitudinal data um, on, with individual mental health outcomes. The researchers looked at over 900,000 people, like over a 15-year period. They found that children who lived in neighborhoods with more green space had a reduced risk of um, depression, mood disorders, schizophrenia, eating disorders, and substance abuse disorder. And what was really interesting, though, kids with who had the lowest level of green space exposure during childhood – their risk for developing mental illness or mental health condition was 55% higher compared to those who grew up with green space. This makes me want to then dig into that study more and be like, well, what counts as abundant green space? This makes me want to like reverse my role as a parent about like 10 years, rewind. (laughs) I mean, it's... it makes practically it makes a lot of sense to me right but then of course like my brain goes to okay how do we execute on this what exactly like what is my suburban neighborhood green enough yeah oh kind of i think you're ruminating i probably am i'm going down (laughs) the rabbit hole i need to go spend some more time outside you do you do bundle up okay so here's my favorite this is always what i want to know um Exactly. How much time do I need outside? Yes. See, now I, of course, am the type of person who'd be like, oh, I got to go spend some time outside. I'm going to 
close my laptop and put on my coat and adios. Meanwhile, you're like, like I want to put this on my to-do list and check it off and every check day. It off. Yeah, yeah, you're like, how much? So how, how many how many minutes do I need? So here's the, here's the good news. It looks like two hours or more, but a minimum of two hours a week is what the research pretty conclusively suggests is where you see these benefits and making a major impact. Now, the other good news is this can be broken out in small increments over the week, which if you did it seven days a week, that's 17 minutes a day. (laughs) You can always count on Carolyn to break it down into the very specifics like that. Um, Or you can do it all in one day or you fit it in on two days, however you want to do it. And it's great if you go over that. But See, I'm all for just a little bit every day. I mean, I would like to do more, but I, I'm a big proponent of like a little bit every day opposed to like two hours on the weekend. Yeah. I feel like this is really doable. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Absolutely. The other thing is um, the types of nature environments. Oh, you yeah. Know, this is key. You know, green space is great. A beautiful, lush green space park you can go walk in or sit in that's ideal and yes that's probably optimal um blue space is also considered ideal you know being where you can see uh, being out near water or an ocean or or that kind of thing who wouldn't want to be there but you know let's let's be realistic you know we are working in jobs a lot of us aren't working from home anymore you know you're you kind of got to take what you can get. And they found that, you know, getting out in an urban environment produced similar benefits. Like, even if you're walking down the sidewalk of a city, you're yeah. still outside. Now, I will say some of the research that I looked at, that they were mo- focusing more on the forest bathing type mm-hmm. experience. And they would put the more, like, nature-based versus the more urban environment, like, and compare the two. And, like, walking to go get your lunch if you work in a downtown environment would not necessarily elicit the same benefits. But there still are some benefits. Yeah. And and the other thing, too... Well, no, and that's forest bathing, too. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> and that is forest bathing. So their, their outcome measure was a little different. Um, but... If you think about it, even just finding a place where there's a trail yeah. where you can go, like a, like a small trail. Like there are a lot of areas, I feel like a lot, maybe not like super urban cities, but even take New York City, for example, there is Central Park. Yeah. That totally counts. Yeah. And it doesn't even have to be that large. We have a trail right near one of the elementary schools here, and it it's... Not very long, yeah. but that would count. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think, you know, if so, what if you don't have the absolute perfect environment? It's just getting out, fresh air, hearing nature, you know, noises, sounds in nature, birds, you know, that kind of thing, yeah. having that natural light. So, um, okay. Now it is 30 degrees outside. Yes, we and all, for Alabama, that is very cold. That is very cold. I know that's probably not cold to our friends in Vermont, um, who I know listen regularly. Um, or maybe the ones in Wyoming. Wyoming, hopefully. That, we that ha- don't listen, yeah. apparently. <laughs> apparently, Wyoming, we don't have many listeners. The only state where we don't have listeners. We have listeners in, like, over 40 countries, but we don't have any listeners in Wyoming. And it's a lot colder there. So they, those Wyoming listeners need to hear these, how to this get the outdoor dedicated. benefits if you can't go outside. Yes. 
So here's what you can't do if you can't get outside. Obviously, getting outside is the best. But um, move where you can see outside green space. Move your desk near a window. And I have started, I even, I have um, like plantation shutters. I will open those in front Mm. of my desk when I sit there and work just for the natural light and just so I can see. And I'm not saying I got a beautiful yard at all, but I can just see outside. I see grass, you know. It just, the natural light has been huge for me. So move your desk or wherever you're working or wherever you spend most of your time, you know, near a window or near where you can see out. Was it you that I was on a Zoom with last week where I got very distracted by the beautiful bird outside my window? I don't think it wasn't Well, I was on a call with somebody last week. I don't remember who it was. It must have been a client that I'm very comfortable with because I was talking to them, but I was staring outside, and there was these, like, beautiful birds in my magnolia tree. Anyway, (laughs) it's, like, seared in my mind. See, this is why. Move to where you can see outside a green space. Yeah. I really like number two. Okay. Uh, invest in a few houseplants or become a plant lady, you know, or plant man. Yeah. Houseplants, yeah. they have they have some powerful benefits. You know, there's some research to suggest that when we talk about, like, green space, you know, being outside, that some of the calming, some of the mood-boosting effects have to do actually with the color green. Ooh. I know. Isn't that yeah. kind of interesting? But a green screen's not going to cut it, right? No, no green okay. screen. Right. <laughs> but, you know, being able to see grass, see trees, see flowers, you know, or and, you know, even if that means having those around you in your envir- in, inside environment. Um, light therapy is something that is used, it is used a lot sometimes in, for treatment for depression. Right. Um, when yeah. they know it's definitely there's dysregulated circadian rhythms, but light therapy is also used for seasonal depressive disorder um, or seasonal affective disorder. I know a lot of people have tried those. We've been saying we're going to try. I know, and if you remember well. in one of the recent episodes, I talked about how I found one at Walmart. I can't vouch for its effectiveness. Did you buy it? No, but I need to go back and buy it. Yeah, okay. I do. It's um, always so busy in Walmart. I get very overwhelmed. Uh, I know. You need to spend extra time outside after you leave Walmart. I do. That I do. Yeah. Okay. Here's a few others. <laughs> Listening to nature sounds. Maybe you just put on, you know, some, I know some friends have a sound machine they use in their sleep where it's like water or rain or that kind of thing or birds chirping. Um, there's research to suggest that just the sounds of nature can be, um, you know, beneficial um it's had study participants who listened to nature sounds like crickets chirping waves crashing performed better on demanding cognitive tests than those who listen to urban sounds like traffic and or like you know back down background discussion like in a busy cafe i actually saw one too recently where they were looking at they incorporated scent into it as well Mm. so they gave you the urban setting and the scent of, I'm guessing, exhaust or I, – I think – I know they said exhaust. I can't remember what the other one was. 
I'm probably garbage. And then the nature was more woodsy, earthy type scent with the visual of the nature setting. And the sound wasn't as powerful. Sorry, the scent wasn't as powerful in helping as sounds, but the combination of sound and scent oh, wow. was was definitely powerful. Where I get so, an outside candle. You just you go, you go get one one of those pine ones, right? Oh, yeah, Stock yeah. up at the holidays when they're selling the Christmas tree ones like hotcakes. Yeah. So a lot of the benefits from nature seem to be from what we're sensing, yes. whether that is visual or you know auditory or through smell, you know whatever it is, but. Um, they there's some research that has also found that looking at images of nature can be beneficial. Looking mm-hmm. at videos of nature mm-hmm. can be beneficial. I think they were using this like in a nursing home, like where they had people who couldn't get out, get right. outside, and right. they were they found benefit to that. Um, they found that exposing people to nature, whether it was in person or via video, led to improvements in attention, positive emotions, and a better ability to cope and reflect on problems in your life well and this is where virtual reality comes into play like you know the headsets yes. that people you know they there have. was a study that mentioned that yes and i've read some of them about virtual reality um and and that apparently works i'm a little nervous about getting dizzy because i i yeah the motion sickness yeah i'm very prone to motion sickness but nonetheless there that is definitely an avenue that they are putting some research dollars behind and finding it to be quite effective. Yeah. Well, I just want to say these are all things for when you can't get outside. All the effects are going to be stronger when you can actually get outside. Yes. Have that nature experience, Um, even if that's just for 10 minutes. But these are things that can help get some of those benefits when it's super cold outside. Yeah. And and you can't get out. Yeah. Or incorporate it, you know, in – here, I mean, there are times in the summer when we don't want to go outside. That's true. So flip side, it could be beneficial depending on your summer, your summer heat situation. Yeah, very true. Very true. Okay, 17 minutes a day. That's all we need. <laughs> That's it. Now, before you uh, go home, Carolyn, you need to make sure that you go and you find yourself a pine-scented candle. Oh, I do. I think I have one from, you know, Christmas because I had an artificial Christmas tree, so I got a candle. I just got to find it. <laughs> So thank you. Remind me. Check in on that later. Okay. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Bye, guys. Thank you so much for joining us for the Happy Eating Podcast. I'm Briarly Horton. And I'm Carolyn Williams. If you liked this week's episode, then don't forget to rate and leave us a review on iTunes. And be sure to hit the subscribe button so you'll never miss a new episode. We can't wait to have you back at our table next week for a brand new episode. Bye. Bye. The contents discussed in the Happy Eating Podcast, such as advice, studies, text, graphics, images, and other material discussed or presented on the site or podcast are for informational purposes only. Content is not intended to be a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your mental health professional or other qualified health providers with any questions you may have regarding your condition. Never disregard professional advice or delay in seeking it because of something you have heard on the Happy Eating Podcast. If you are in crisis or think you may have an emergency, call your doctor or 911 immediately. 
If you're having suicidal thoughts, call 1-800-273-TALK, that's 8255, to talk to a skilled, trained counselor at the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. If you are located outside the United States, call your local emergency line immediately.